Time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back to Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. It's the Big O Tires, Cougar Post Game Live broadcast. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Final score here, BYU 50 and USF 21. Riley Nelson's going to run us through some other scores of note around the country. In Gainesville, Florida, you have Florida trying to mount a final game-winning drive with a little less than three minutes to go in the game versus number seven, Utah, who's currently leading 26-22. to Next week's opponent, Baylor, handily beating FCS opponent Albany, 49-10. to That game just entering the fourth quarter. Another future uh, and uh, future BYU opponent and in-state rival Utah State is uh, just trying to survive. I think with all their limbs against Alabama as there's seven minutes to go in the, in the third quarter and they are down 55 to nothing. The marquee matchup that's, that ESPN has put on ABC, the only top five matchup of the week features Ohio State versus Notre Dame. Notre, Notre Dame wins that, uh, is leading Ohio State as the third quarter comes to a close 10 to 7. As we round out some other scores in the top 25, Texas A&M took care of Sam Houston. 31 to nothing. Michigan put it on Colorado State 51 to 7. NC State barely escaped with the victory against East Carolina. That game coming down to the final play that was a missed kick that bounced off the field goal. Georgia took it to a week the week 3 opponent for BYU 49 to 3. That game being played in the Sugar Bowl in Atlanta. On a neutral side, number nine Oklahoma beat UTEP 45 to 13. Number 16 Miami beat Bethune 70 to 13. And Arkansas, in a close one. This was a hard-fought battle. Number 19 Arkansas, future BYU opponent, it beat number 23 Cincinnati by a touchdown, 31 to seven. Future Big 12 um, friendly uh, Houston won in triple overtime, probably the game of the day against U- University of Texas San Antonio. And uh, that probably rounds it out there for us, Greg. Okay. Uh, Utah playing over in Gainesville. I think it was down, Florida was down to a fourth and three, I think, a moment ago. Uh, down six uh, to the Utes. They had to make that play. That might, might still be the next play of the game coming up, as a matter of fact, as two in-state schools, BYU and Utah, play in the Sunshine State here tonight in Florida. This is Big O Tires, Cougar Post Game Live. And let's get to our Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game, brought to you by Palmer's Metal Mart. Palmer's Metal Mart, your your local metal supplier for over 26 years. Palmer's Metal Mart, bringing you the Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game. We're going to go with Christopher Brooks tonight. 13 carries for 135 yards and a touchdown, a long of 52. It was a 52-yard touchdown run. He ends up at 10.4 yards per carry. Our stats intern, Rhett Putnam, tells us that in his first game, looking to help fill the shoes of Tyler Algier, he put up a higher yards per carry than Tyler ended up uh, in any game last season. Uh, Tyler had a number of great games where he's up around 7, 8, 9, but I guess he never got as many as 10.4 yards per carry. Uh, as uh, Rhett says, that's what uh, that's the, uh, the stat of note there. So that's uh, well done by Chris Brooks. I thought I thought Tyler was up there, 
but must not have gotten past that. So I, I think Tyler, um, Chris only had 13 carries, yeah. and one of those being a 52-yarder, that's going to obviously pump your average up there. I think Tyler and uh, Tyler had some 200-yard games, but they were usually the on, on, on 20-plus yeah, carries. I, I, and I mean, Tyler was getting Tyler was getting high volume. I, Chris yeah. Brooks might become that uh, tonight. Lopini got a bunch of you know. I think Lopini ended up with eight or nine carries uh, with uh, a respectable average of his own. Um, but regardless, awesome debut from Chris Brooks. If he can even become half of what Tyler was, yeah. it'll be awesome. So Metamart Steelman of the game goes to Chris Brooks on this night. BYU's leading rusher as BYU runs for 314 yards on the night in taking this one by a final score of 50-21. to 21. BYU coaches and players in the locker room area. They'll be, we'll be hearing their postgame press conference live, courtesy of Mitchell Jurgens coming up in a few moments. We'll hear from USF coach Jeff Scott later in our postgame coverage as well. BYU scores in all four quarters tonight. 28, and they went down in every quarter, mind you, but uh, 28, 10, 9, and 3 from quarters 1 through 4. And when BYU scores in every quarter, they now go to 25-2 and two with 14 consecutive wins under head coach Kalani Sitake. So BYU scores in every quarter and scores a resounding win by a score of 50-21. to 21. And uh, I, I gave you earlier, Riley, all of those streaks. Uh, asked you which ones you really liked, which ones really resonated. And, uh, and I'm sure a number of those streaks were extended tonight as BYU wins it here in Tampa. Um, was BYU leading at the half? Yes, yep. they were. So they've won 11 straight. Was BYU leading after three? Yes, they've now won 12 straight. Did they score in all four quarters? Yes, 14 straight wins there. Did they score 30 or more? Yes, 16 straight wins there. 50% or better on third down? Yes, 16 straight wins there. Did they, they allow 21 or fewer? Yes, 17 straight wins there. Did the Cougars have a positive turnover no, margin tonight? it was one-to-one. One. It was even, so that one doesn't count. And they also didn't have zero turnovers. That one's not extended, but they did have a touchdown on their opening drive which now means 24 consecutive wins in that one. So most of those streaks extended on this night here at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Cougar Post Game Live, Big O Tires. Cougar Post Game Live will continue after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Greg Rubel. Big O Tires Cougar postgame live continues. Welcome back to Raymond James Stadium here in Tampa, Florida. BYU is a winner by a final score of 50-21. to 21. And this game was all BYU and early. BYU scored the first five touchdowns of this game. BYU led 38-0 before USF would answer. And uh, one of the touchdowns BYU scored was on a Max Tooley pick six. And uh, he would have been a great candidate for our uh, new skin, beautiful catch of the game as he took a, uh, a swing pass to the right on a screen, stepped in front of the intended receiver, made the score four, uh, made the score 21 nothing after Puka Nakua had given BYU two touchdowns on fly sweeps. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with you here in the broadcast booth. Mitchell Jurgens down at the BYU press conference area. We'll hear the BYU presser with Kalani and players momentarily. Stay with us for that. Puka. Uh, becomes the uh, the the one of the storylines for the week to come is how well can he get that injured ankle before the Baylor game next Saturday? 
Yeah, you know, uh, Puka's one of those guys, he's like a, a thoroughbred racehorse or like a quarter-mile dragster. You know, he, he just runs it. You can see how explosive he is. But often athletes that are that explosive like that, all it takes is a small, you know, like a speck of dust can ruin a microchip. It, all it can take is a small little tweak. But he's proven to be uh, very active and engaged. He's not experienced any season-ending injuries, so he knows how to get back and get back quickly. Uh, he's But... BYU's going to need him, and Baylor's going to be formidable, and they're going to need him at full strength or at least as much strength as can be recouped in the next seven days. I think it would be a lot to ask from Gunnar Romney to be ready for week two. So if you're without Gunnar for another week, the sooner you can get Puka back, the better. You know, that noted, BYU still found a way to spread the ball around to 12 different pass catchers tonight. Chase Roberts looked good. I mean, Chase looked very much at home out there. Yeah. Uh, Braden Cosper made some had nice grabs. Nice Both Cody and Keanu. Keanu scores a touchdown. Keanu had a drop on a long ball, but, I mean, he had a touchdown. Uh, Cody right there. Uh, I mean, I felt like they could have kept going, <clears throat> kept going back to Isaac Rex in the intermediate passing game a lot they weren't able to get shots down there they were really trying to get the shots down the field to to Dallin Holker but he had a couple nice plays when they singled him up on the backside of a trips formation so you're not super worried uh, but he does help round out the compliment the full complement of receivers so BYU uh, with enough to get the job done and then some tonight again a substantial edge in yardage at 575 to 293 and again, the fact that 12 pass catchers were used will show that BYU will be just fine. And Fessy Sitake's uh, wide receiver room is well-stocked right now. Yeah, it is. Uh, and he's doing a good job making those guys be productive. I, I saw Chris Brout running against man coverage. I saw a great feel for where to sit down in zones and create space for yourself and make life easy on your quarterback uh, when they were playing in zone coverage. They, we saw some of their, you know... <clears throat> Some of their um, long-time schemes, that third down, they had a big third down and eight where they ran that drag play, right? They put trips to this side, and the single receiver dragged across. They executed that for a big gainer. And uh, the one thing that we didn't see that I expect we'll see, uh, we saw a couple screens that were thwarted, right? I remember Jaron had a dirt one against Mason Wake, but they didn't really go back to that well. And then we'll see if they get more creative uh, trying to get shots down the field. That was the one thing missing was uh, there was no real deep ball to speak of uh, but credit south florida they kept too high most of the game and were able to prevent byu from getting any significant yards through the air getting closer to the byu postgame press conference you'll hear that as we continue our coverage on big o tires cougar postgame live byu 40 usf 21 from tampa on the new skin byu sports network Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU 50 and South Florida 21 is our final score. Big O Tires Cougar Postgame Live from Raymond James Stadium. Cougars improved to 6-1 and one in Kalani Sitake's season openers. BYU will have a press conference going on momentarily, live or recorded. We will get that to you, and uh, Jeff Scott, USF head coach, will also have recorded comments. Uh, when he's made those, we'll get those to you as well. Uh, over in Gainesville, uh, there's been late action. Uh, Riley Nelson, and what can you tell us has happened there? Florida scored to go ahead, uh, the, got the six points, and completed the extra point with a minute 25. So they've just kicked off the ball for a touchback. Utah now has the ball at their own 25, so they've got 75 yards to go. They need three points to tie, and obviously a touchdown will win it. 
BYU goes to 1-0. South Florida falls to uh, 0-1. And uh, Jeff Scott's USF tenure now goes to uh, 1-19 against FBS teams. Uh, 3-19 overall, but of his three wins, two have been of the FCS variety. So uh, still struggling to gain a foothold are the USF Bulls, who fall to BYU and handily. BYU was up 38-0 before USF scored a point tonight. Puka Nakua, 75-yard touchdown run, 7-zip. Puka Nakua, 5-yard touchdown run, 14-zip. The Max Tooley, 33-yard pick, 6, 21-0. Keanu Hill, wide open from Jaron Hall, 28-0. Dallin Holker from Jaron Hall, 35-0. A Jake Oldroyd field goal, 38-0 before USF scored for the first time. Then USF made it 38-7 to end the first half. 89-yard kickoff return to start the second half, and suddenly it's 38-14. to BYU the benefit of a snap over the head of the punter, getting to 40-14 to on a safety, and that followed a BYU pick in the end zone, throwing a pick in the end zone. And so BYU had a chance to really kind of reassert itself, did not saw a ball pick, but they got two points on a safety, 40-14. to The Chris Brooks touchdown run makes it 47-14, to kind of sealing it for BYU. Brian Betty, a nine-yard touchdown rush, 47-21. BYU led, and the final points coming on a Jake Oldroyd field goal for your final margin, 50-21. to is our final score tonight at Raymond James Stadium. And all those hours ago, we had that uh, weather delay of two-and-a-half-plus hours before this game got underway. Once it did, Puka just you know shot out of the backfield on that fly sweep to the far sideline. The game's 11 seconds old, and BYU led 7 nothing, and they were certainly off and running. It was... Uh, you wonder if them coming out of the locker room, that quickly right with that much intensity was a little bit why they faded towards the end right by the time the second half started the game is originally scheduled should have been over right and so uh you wonder if that had something to play with it but to to start off this season to start off this game under those circumstances the way that they did showed that this team has the potential to do some very special things and it will take you know it's going to take place throughout the course of the season in many forms tonight it was uh, those first three touchdowns right between the 75 yarder and then the tempo uh, that completely I mean there was multiple times when USF's defense their head was absolutely spinning due to the use of formation shifts and tempo uh, that Roderick was able to architect and you know plays like Max Tooley would made it was absolutely uh, a, a pleasure to watch tonight. BYU ended up running 13 more plays than USF 69 to 56 was the final tally. All right we'll soon be hearing from Kalani Sitake and BYU players as we continue from Tampa final score 50 to 21 Cougs over the Bulls on the new skin BYU Sports Network you're listening to BYU football on the new skin BYU Sports Network This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Greg Rubel. Kalani Sitake, BYU head coach at the press conference podium here in Tampa. BYU wins it 50-21. to 21. Down to Kalani. Are, we're ready for anything. We're ready for the heat. We're ready for the, the you know, it being a 4, 4 p.m. kickoff. Um, the guys, I thought they looked good in the warm-ups. And so I, I thought they have been And, um... You know, when when we came into the, we actually, uh, we're, it was it was really cool to have our trainers and our sports medicine department with our sports scientists and our strength coaches all work together. 
elaborate on the, what's the best approach here, and then it was eight, and then it reset 30 minutes, and so saying, hey, we might go, and uh, that happens a couple of times, but we we thought we were going to go, and then we didn't. But I thought it was good for, for the staff to just it, that that it would be they were ready. So uh, the boys didn't have any didn't have any problems. We just never told them until it's time to go, and uh, I'm glad that we have great staff to to, to work it and. and I, I guess predict whether we we're going to go or not, and um, just just really happy for the win. One and looking forward to improving on it, and um, yeah, the, the adversity. And, I mean, South Florida had to go through the same delay too, and and um, a great way to start the game, you know, with, with Puka taking that run. And uh, if we can, if we can do that, uh, I thought the offense scored pretty quickly, and defense we held on our own. The, the that score in the the first half I don't like. Right, but um, we gave up a really big play. I think it was 50 yards pass, and uh, we just got sloppy with our technique and, and uh, had some misassignments that we need to fix. And so, uh, second half I thought it was pretty clean too, but there's still some mistakes. Uh, offensively, obviously want to take care of the football. We, we threw the, the interception in, in the red zone. Don't like that, but uh, I like I like the way Jaron played. And so, um, I don't I didn't think he was going to go the entire season without throwing interceptions. So there's the one. Hopefully that's that's it, <laughs> but um, yeah, just I want him to be aggressive, and that's our mindset going into this game, and that's our mindset with this team. I have a lot of confidence in this offense, a lot of confidence in the defense. That goes for the players and the coaches, and and feel really good. Obviously, you got to yeah, the team, right? but um, field goal I thought was good. So just to keep working on it and improve on everything else too. I thought he, oh yeah, he broke off that long run. South Florida, they 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 loaded the ball, tried to take the run away from him and, and from Lopini, you know. And so um, I thought uh, O line did a great job. I thought they, the South they answered the call for uh, against our O line. I thought they held their own for the most part. But we just knew that if we keep chipping away, that that worked for us, and then we'd be able to break some runs. Um, thankful that we don't give up on our guys. I mean. It, I, I, I gotta watch the film, but I felt like we, we kind of we we're getting some momentum, and the guys could see that we were believing in them, and that that mattered more to me than anything. For me, it's the. You know, we're going to take a, a break. We're going to see if we can get any kind of a better signal from down in the locker room area. We'll come back and continue our coverage. Apologize for the audio difficulties we're having here at Raymond James Stadium. BYU 50 and USF 21 is our final score. More postgame coverage after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Bit of a shaky signal from Raymond James Stadium here under the bowels of the stadium in the Cougar press conference area. We'll try and rejoin the press conference. See, we've got Kalani Sitake and Jaron Hall scheduled to be at the podium. Tacked on 15 yards. Then I was like, oh, crap. I, I gotta, you know, maybe I need to take a step back. And so we, I think we kicked one soft one to him. Um, after that, but I'll, I'll get better. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, uh, from, I mean, we, it was more precautionary. Puka could have kept going, and so uh, all x-rays and everything say it's good. So he could have gone. We, we made the decision to hold, to hold him out. And so um, and to get him in the boot and try to get him recovering uh, quickly for next week. Um, but, yeah, he's, I'm pretty sure he's sore, you know. I mean, he asked one of our players to piggyback him. I think he would have done that even if he wasn't sore. But, uh, yeah, we just, I think he could have kept going. Once the adrenaline eased out and, and he wasn't, and we told him he's out, then, 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 um, then it became about rehab and getting him healthy for, for the next game. And I thought the other guys stepped in and, and did well. And not having Gunner um, this week was tough too, but hopefully by next week we'll be ready with him as well. But I thought the guys that filled in did a great job. I thought Cosper was good. Um, you know, you saw a lot of names. Chase Roberts played well. Um, Cody Epps played well. Um, who am I? Uh, Keanu played well, although he wished he had that one back. Um, and I thought those guys blocked really well. I, I, I'm leaving some guys out, but Titans played well. And the backs played well too, so feel good about the old line. We had we changed some guys up as uh, and rotated some guys, but um, yeah, happy with with the team. Just got to keep keep rolling. What was that? Um, if you ask me, I say really close, but I'm not the I'm not the I'm not the that's not my tease in um, medicine. So we'll see what happens uh, when we get get it evaluated tomorrow, and then hopefully we'll have more for you. We thought there might have been a chance, but you know when we when we factor all the other things into it, we're always going to err on the side of safety, like we did with Puka. You know, just be smart and, and think about. The longevity of their career, and, and also not not allowing them to compromise uh, them, their their play just for a win, you know. So that that's what it came down to. Brett's trying to get rid of me right now. Go ahead. Yeah, I thought. I, thought, uh, I mean, we feel good. We, we talked about we felt good about our depth. Um, you know, I knew that uh, Gary Bohanna was going to be poised, and, and uh, it's hard to shake that guy, you know. And, and uh, But I also thought his O-line did a good job blocking for him. And then when he could, he got the ball out quick, you know. And um, the coverage, I thought they were sound. We disrupted it quite a bit. I had to watch the film. I like the technique. I like the pad level. I like the length of our DBs. And so um, we're going to change things up and play a lot of different coverages, but we're going to do whatever we can to challenge and make sure we can get off the field and get the ball to our offense and make sure they can score points. All right, thank you. All right that's Kalani Thanks, Sitake, Jaron Hall coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Jaron Hall speaking to the press down in the press conference room. You know, 2019 against Utah didn't respond well. UAB didn't respond well. And so we knew what we had to do. And, and again, just speaking to the maturity of our guys, we just kind of put it past us, just let it be what it was, and just went out, took care of business. Oh, wow. Yeah. Guys know what they're doing and being ready for, for, their, for their time when it was, when it was uh, their time. And we preached that all week in practice, understand that Gunner wouldn't be available. Um, all fall camp, guys are getting reps. And so it just speaks to, to Fessy getting them ready, them taking his coaching, and then you know, just being on the same page together. Um, that was one of my favorite parts of tonight was, was the young receiver stepping in and making plays on third downs. Uh, making big plays for us and then keeping drives alive. I was very proud of those guys, but I knew they would be able to do that. I was confident in that, and I know they were confident in themselves. 
No, we're yeah, we're very excited to play. Very excited to be out here. Just a lot of talk about the all the stuff going against us, the weather, and some other things. I think it fired it up, fired us up, and got us you know really going and energized. But then when you make plays, you just build off of that. And so we did a good job of making plays quick. We pushed the tempo, um, you know, kept the defense out of the loop. They were they were getting flustered. They couldn't get lined up quick enough, and so we just kept using that against them. Um, just going with our basic stuff that we do every day in practice, and um, just kind of rolled through it the first half. Initial start, I watched the game before this game just to, to see my young self, the way I've grown, and I'm really just allowing the game to come to me, but not, not having to fill it out, per se. I feel like today we started fast, and we were able to throw the ball a lot early. Um, simple, simple plays, get the ball in our guys' hands, and, and that's what I didn't do great at in 2019. And so years of experience, you learn that quarterback's only as good as his, you know, the guys around him, and we have a lot of good guys around me. And so I just had to get them the ball. Um, so that was one thing I really wanted to do good tonight, was just make sure I can get them the ball, keep us ahead of the chains. Um, and that's something I feel like over the years I've been able to learn, just allow that to come to me. And it feels good. It feels good to have 12 guys. I think you said that, that catch the ball. Um, you can do a lot when you have that many playmakers. Jerry, now that Chris Brooks ends up with 135 yards tonight, uh, what's the potential of Brooks in this offense? Sky's the limit, man. Uh, Chris is such a versatile player. And then you have Peeney to the mix, who was right there with him. I mean, that's a, the one-two combo right there with those guys. And so you have that. You know, combined with the offensive line that we have and the depth at O line, um, you, you end up with a night of 130 yards for one guy and 300 and something yards for the whole team rushing. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we got to take advantage in the red zone. I had a, an error, an errant throw, and a bad read. Um, it cost us a potential, you know, seven points there. So I think just when, we're, when we cross the 50-yard line, we got to be in, in attack mode and score. we got to be better. So um, we had a couple times where we, we left some points on the board, obviously. Um, it's, it's nice to have Jake, such a great kicker. But if we can keep him off the field the most we can, that would be great. Um, score as many touchdowns as we can. So I think that's one thing we got to focus on. I mean, I mean, college football is so hard to win. Teams are so good. These guys, USF, I have all the respect in the world for them, talking to them after, the way they played. Uh, they didn't give up again, and we knew they wouldn't. Um, so many studs in that team, guys that I highly respect and have played against for years. I met a handful that were still there, and we talked about that. So um, to get a win in college football, you're going you're gonna to cherish that. So we're definitely going to celebrate that. We're not going to be down because we didn't score X amount of points more than we did. Um, we're going to be grateful and humble for the opportunity to win a game. Um, but then, obviously, you know, realize that there's some things we can fix, and, and we'll see that in the plane tonight when we watch film. Yeah, I, th I think so. It's uh, it just it just speaks to our coaches, their understanding of how to prepare us, um, our strength staff, medical staff, um, you know, our psychologists. They all prepped us for the weather very well, into a point where we didn't have to think about it. So I give tip my hat off to them for preparing us the right way. It's something we didn't do in 2019, and so it is very, it's, uh, it's, it's a reassurance to us that we have coaches around us and medical staff around us that know how to, to put us at our best. Thanks, Jared. Thank you. 
All right, that's, uh, that is Jaron Hall. And uh, BYU linebacker Max Tooley will be uh, next, followed by Lopini Katoa. That's the plan right now. So we're going to stay live with this. And when the next BYU player starts talking, you will hear his answers and questioners from the BYU press conference area. And we believe Max Tooley, who had the pick six I mean, tonight, yeah, is on there, the podium. There are some hard things, but I think it's just staying focused. Um, you know, there's a lot of distractions. You know, there's a lot of things in a locker room that can take you off uh, course of what the goal is of the team. But I think, you know, just a matter of staying focused. And I think we did a good job at that. Um, obviously, with the two and a half hour or whatever it was delay, kind of just kept busy, stayed on our feet a little bit when we had to, um, and just, uh, yeah, stayed focused on the goal of our trip. So. Yeah, I think just having those guys that have been here for a while, you know, we've, we've been through some games where we've gotten delayed. Um, and for the new guys, it's something new. Um, but I think, you know, just staying focused, like I said before, um, having those guys to be able to keep us, uh, you know, hyped up at the same time and not, not overdoing it. But um, I think that we just had a, some good energy in the locker room during the, during the delay, and I think it carried over. I haven't had one since high school. Um, I had a couple in high school. I've, I've been wanting one in, in college. Uh, you know, it was just that opportunity, I guess. I saw, you know, it was a EO to the field, so all the receivers were to the field. Um, so I, I had a intuition that it was going to go to the field. And then when, once I saw my guy, the back, go out into the, the backfield uh, on that little swing route, just, uh, just committed to it. Um, saw a play yesterday where... You know, he kind of hit on that same sort of play. He, he laid him out, and I was like, dang, it'd be cool to do that. So that was definitely in my head. But um, when I saw the ball was available, I was like, i got to capitalize on this, you know. You know, honestly, yeah. We, like, we, we prepared for uh, what we could. Um, given two, two new uh, coordinators, you never know what you're going to see. But I think we just trusted our, our preparation. And to be honest, I mean, the head coach has a big, uh, big role in their play calling, and I think it definitely showed that, um, you know, we saw some of the stuff that we prepared for. So I think it's just a matter of sticking to our, uh, our 111th and, uh, you know, doing our job. Yeah, I'd say definitely there's relief. You know, game one, college football, like Jaron said earlier, you know, no, no college football game's easy. South Florida's always going to come out to play. Mix that in with game one. Um, you know, things happen. You know, you're not as uh, sharp as a team. You never really know what's going to happen, but I think we, we, uh, we took the, the challenge. You know, we, we dealt with the unknown, and I think we, we fought through it, and, you know, we came out on top, so. You know, I feel like a, I feel like I have. You know, flash is a good spot for me. I'm a little bit undersized as a linebacker, so I kind of have to use my speed um, to my advantage. And you know, being in the field with more space, um, I've played it before, but I've never really been in this more hybrid role where I'm covering more. You know, I I think it is. I feel comfortable there, so I like it. 
You know, I think it was just mostly this offseason. I just wanted to eliminate all the distractions. Uh, you know, the things that didn't matter as much towards my performance um, in the game, and just just trust how I know how to play football. I think I was figuring it out the end of last year. Um, I just wanted to carry on to that and just uh, play a little bit more loose. I think ultimately, I think it was in my head a lot at the beginning of my career, and I think I've finally been able to just play relaxed and you know not, not be so stressed and uh, tightened up. So I think just a little bit of both and just uh, you know having my coaches trust for sure has helped a lot. Um, they trusted me. You know I've been healthy, so it's been it's been nice to come in and be able to to take that role. So. You know, I mean, I feel like this camp I've missed a couple picks that I shouldn't have. And, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of been dreading that. But I, I, I said to myself, you know, this whole this whole week coming up to the game, if, if it's in my hands, like, there's no way I'm going to drop it. So, you know, I played offense in high school. I caught some balls out the backfield. So I, f- I feel like I, I can have decent hands if I need to. So, you know, swing screen's one of those ones that it's not the fastest ball. So it was just up there for me to, to take, really. All right, that's a BYU linebacker, Max Tooley, BYU running back, Lopini Katoa, is scheduled next on the press conference podium. We are live at the BYU postgame press conference from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, where BYU defeats South Florida by a final score of 50-21 to tonight. Lopini Katoa, 10 carries for 55 yards and two catches for 21 on two targets, by the way. Greg Grubel with uh, Riley Nelson up top. Mitchell Jurgens down at the press conference room. Back to the presser and Lopini. He just did his thing. It was a great call uh, to start the game. They like to bring pressure, and we made him pay for it. So, yeah, it was – It was. there's no better way to start a season off than that, you know. Right, uh, I mean, because the, the rest of that – much of the rest of that first half was really good football. Yeah. Well, well, momentum is a huge thing in college football, and we had a ton of it in the first half, you know, and we made them – made him pay for for all their little mistakes. Uh, yeah, there's a ton of things. I feel like uh, if we were to nitpick um, when we watch film, that's what we're going to do, obviously. Um, all Monday uh, for now, we're going to enjoy it. But off the top of my head, you know, um, we could have had a few more touchdowns that I know of, um, finish, finishing drives, you know. Little mistakes um, that we need to clean up. Um, we could have had a few more first downs in situations. I could have had a first, uh, few more first downs. And so, you know, I don't know for sure all the little details, but once we watch the film, you know, we're going we're gonna to have to clean up a lot of those for uh, Baylor next week. Yeah, oh, personally for me, the last time I played here, we lost, and it was a terrible loss. It hurt, and uh, so just to have that flipped around right now, it's, it's a great feeling because we left really hurt when we lost this game, it, it, and I think that to see the growth that we've had from there is, is pretty pretty crazy to see that. Yeah, you know, we uh, we know how good we are, and so and we know how good we can be. 
And so, you know, we just got to stay hungry. I was talking to a lot of the guys in the locker room just barely, and a lot of them are, are actually unsatisfied with um, how we perform because we, we know we could have done better, and we know we have a, a lot of tough opponents ahead of us. So um, I, I loved it when I heard that from, from some of my teammates just because, uh, you know, when you're hungry, when you win like that big, it's, it's a good sign. <laughs> I thought that was a one right there. That doesn't get better than that. He jumped that. Right when I see him jump that, like, I knew nobody was going to catch him. He he can take off. So I knew that was six points right there. I'm just uh, trying to clean up little things. There's a lot of, of runs that I just, you know, I'm going to hate to watch on film um, from this game even. Um, but a lot of good things that I've been working on, you know. Uh, just being patient, seeing the hole. Tyler definitely helped me with that. That, that guy was the most patient uh, runner, you know, that I've seen in a long time. And so just watching a ton of film, uh, just being hungry, knowing, you know, this is the last year. Just wanted to send it off with the, on a good note. Yeah. Yeah, they they're definitely at the end of the day they're my motivation right there. Like um just reading, you know, they always send me messages, texts, and that's what I go out into the game um with in my heart and so definitely attribute a lot of uh good things that, uh, from my family for sure. All right, that is BYU running back Lopini Katoa, and that'll do it for Big O Tires Cougar post game live. We'll come back with Kalani Sitake joining us on the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Larry H. Miller Cougar Postgame Coaches Show brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Kalani's coming up on the headset from Tampa on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Postgame Coaches Show is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Auto, driven by you. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU 50 and South Florida 21 tonight's final from Raymond James Stadium. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake will... Kalani will be on the headset momentarily. Before that happens, let's hear from USF head coach uh, Jeff Scott, our intern uh, Jared Call. Got these comments with Coach Scott a short time ago. Obviously, uh, dis- dis- very disappointing uh, performance tonight. Um, really very surprised, quite honestly. Um, sometimes as a coach, you may see some signs during practice that you guys aren't quite locked in or focused. Let's just take a let's just take a brief break from Coach Scott, head down to Mitchell Jurgens because he has Connor Pay, we believe, on the headset. Let's do this. Let's head down to the Cougar Locker Room area. Mitch, if you can hear us with Connor Pay, hopefully one of you all can hear me and we can see if we are checking in live with Connor. Connor, can you hear us okay? Yeah, I can hear you guys. That's perfect. Greg Rubel with Riley Nelson upstairs here in the broadcast booth. Thanks for taking a second. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right, so for game one of the season at 38 nothing, you can't have asked much more from your teammates or your coaches the way things were rolling out there. Yeah, we came out of the gate pretty good, um, obviously, to get momentum right there on the first play of the game and to have our defense play well and get us the ball back. That was a great way to start. 
Connor Pay with us, candidate for the Remington Trophy on the preseason watch list. A number of offensive linemen, including Connor, on a bunch of preseason watch list. And uh, BYU with the 50-21 uh, win tonight. Uh, Connor, your thoughts on uh, Jaron Hall's uh, start three years after he came to South Florida and had a tough result against him? I think Jaron played great today. Um, you know, he managed the offense well, kept us moving. Um, got us all in the right places at the right time. Um, and I think he just played really well today. He played exactly how we expected him to play. Connor, 314 rush yards produced by you and, your, and the backs behind you. Also, Jaron was sacked only one time. I think, too, that uh, as, as a former quarterback, I feel like I can say this. He was trying He was trying to wait for the, his receiver to get down the field, maybe held on to the <laughs> ball a hitch or two too long. So I don't know if that was on you guys. but, but the So tremendous performance. But I wanted to ask, do you guys have a, a, any standing goals from week to week? Like, is it 300 rush yards? Is it no sacks? Or, or do you guys just approach everything? every game individually and uh, trying to do your best win that's that's the goal every week whatever form that takes obviously we want to dominate in the run game because i mean if you've played quarterback then you know a dominant run game opens up all sorts of things for you guys in the passing game um and so if we can establish that then uh you know we have a lot more options on offense um but our goal every week is to win and if that means we need to rush for 400, awesome. If that means we need to throw the ball a little bit more, great. Whatever it takes to win. Media relations stalwart Duff Tittle, who's alongside down there, tells us that 314 rushing yards are the most in any Kalani season opener and the most in a season opener for BYU in 21 years, Connor. Wow. And uh, Chris Brooks and Lopini and Jackson – Anyone who touched the ball behind you guys tonight was, was picking up good chunks. That's kind of fun to see that uh, whoever's zipping past you is getting good yardage. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we just everyone just needs to do their 111th, and when we do that, um, you know, obviously we have some special players, but it really doesn't matter who's back there as long as we're doing our job and they're doing theirs, and um, we can combine those things, and we'll be able to have positive yards. It can even be Puka Nakua on fly <laughs> sweeps. Right. How about that? I mean, this—I mean, you guys had to wait so long to get on the field through all of the training camp, and then you get here and have to wait two and a half hours just to get on <laughs> after the delay. I, I get you, you had so much pent-up energy, you just let it all go on one play to get in the end zone. That was awesome. Right. <laughs> what was it like, by the way, to have to deal with that? And did you really kind of feel like we're just raring and it didn't surprise you when you busted one like that? Um, well, we kind of uh, we anticipated a little bit just watching the weather. The two nights we'd been here before, it followed the same pattern it had the last three days where it started raining and lightning about the same time. So our coaches warned us, like, hey, there may, hopefully not, but there may be a lightning delay. Um, and so I think mentally we were prepared for it, and we stayed focused in the locker room, um, watching some other games and just um, preparing mentally. Uh, and we were able to, you know, start to rear up and uh, – get hyped up for the game at just the right time so we could come out and execute. One of the things that's been well known about this BYU team that's kind of got started in 2020 is that the rushing attack is based off that wide zone play that's so mm -hmm. prevalent that you guys do so great. But I feel like a lot of the big hitters tonight were right up the A-gap with pulling guards. Uh, was that uh, just for this game, or are you guys kind of increasing your repertoire to, re to where you're still going to be great in that wide zone scheme, but uh, also, you know, throw some man base blocks in there and, and some yeah. power ISO stuff? Yeah, I mean, it all just depends on the game plan. I mean, some of that power stuff is stuff we've always had. 
Um, and it just kind of shows up more in some games than others, depending on you know the scheme we're facing. Did but you see? Did you see anything specific uh, on the film or in the prep uh, that that led you to believe that it was going to be as successful as it was tonight? Um, yeah, I think. I mean, they're they were they're a heavy pressure team, um, and they have been for uh, a long time. I mean, Bob Shoup's been doing that for years, so we kind of knew coming in uh, that. Um, they were going to bring the heat, and they did, and they were going to make things challenging on us. And we were able to pop a few wide zones too, but um, we also were carrying the power with us just so we can kind of gap off some of those things. But, you know, those are all plays we can run at any time. So, What will be for you and your line mates maybe a couple of talking points you think will be taken into the room in this next week? And, and what, what is maybe what have the coaches maybe already had you guys thinking about as you get ready for game two? Well, I think we just have to play better. Um, there was a, a lot of the runs today. They weren't super clean, um, and we weren't as clean as we wanted to be, uh, especially at the second level. Um, and so I think this is, I mean, even going into halftime in the first half, we were like, we have got to pick it up. Um, we are not running the ball the way we should be. Um, and so I think that will be a big emphasis going into the week is just we have to be cleaner. Um uh, with our assignments and uh, with our blocks. So, Did you and Joe, and I have to admit, I, I need to be caught up on this, did you and Joe split any snaps tonight at center? No. You took every one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we saw Campbell come in uh, for Kingsley at, at right tackle, and uh, you guys feel confident, right? You can go yeah. six, seven, eight, even beyond if you need to? For sure. Yeah, and Joe played a little bit of right guard at the at the end of the game. Okay, so he was um, in, but not, not at center for you, right? But... Uh, yeah, no, we have really, we really have eight guys who were confident putting in the game. So uh, it's, I mean, I think it's probably going to be a week-to-week thing, uh, determining if and how we want to rotate. I don't know, I don't know how that'll work at mm-hmm. each position. It's a little different at each one. So how did you feel going all the way tonight in the uh, in the heat and humidity today? Good, I felt fine. It, it was good. It's been. It's been hot the last week or so in Utah, and we were practicing out on the turf, and that turf was blazing. That heats it up too, doesn't it? Uh, So this actually, especially after the rain and it was overcast. Cooled it off a little bit. It really wasn't bad. It wasn't really a factor. So. Well, congrats to you and the boys on picking up a solid Thank first you. win. And uh, it's a future Big 12 battle next week. Home openers are always special. Good luck against yes, the Baylor Bears next Saturday night. Thank you, Thank Connor. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. All right, that is Connor Pay with us. Excellent interview. Hope we do a lot more with him. That was really insightful. Good stuff there. Definitely. Centers, they got to be. They're some of the most intelligent dudes. They're also not ones to stand out in the spotlight, right? So that's why we probably wouldn't have known that about Connor. But you can tell how cerebral he is and uh, articulate and uh, for anybody who's played with a good center which Connor obviously is uh, that's not surprising. Uh, Kalani is with us in just a minute let's dip dip back into USF head coach Jeff Scott for a few comments and then when Kalani's ready we'll head back to the BYU side here's coach Scott after his team falls to BYU 50 to 21. It really was the opposite of that Um, I felt like we were prepared obviously uh, we weren't Uh, congrats to BYU it's a very good team out there uh, when you play poorly against a very good team, then the result is similar to what happened tonight. And um, you know, we, we just uh, we got a lot of things to fix. It's our first game, a lot of new new uh, parts. And, um, you know, we got a lot of stuff to uh, look at, to learn from, um, you know, and, and we will. I'm very confident that our guys will respond the right way. 
Uh, you know, I told him this game will not define our season. It won't define our team, right? Uh, how we respond to this will. And, uh, you know, everybody's got to take ownership, coaches and players. Uh, everybody had a hand in a very uh, sloppy, very poor performance tonight uh, versus a good team. So uh, I'm confident in the guys in that locker room. I'm confident in our staff uh, that they will respond the right way. And uh, we'll go back uh, to work starting tomorrow and, um, you know, look forward to, to getting it fixed. I do want to thank uh, our, our fans. I had a great crowd, a great student section, two and a half hours uh, delay, and uh, came out, and, and, man, our fans were there. They were ready, and uh, I'm just disappointed uh, that, that we weren't ready. And that's my job to get that corrected, and, uh, and we will. Uh, All right, that's uh, Jeff Scott, head coach of USF, and now back to BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Joining us on the headset from the Cougar locker room area, his team is a 50-21 winner, and the Cougs go to 1-0 in the year, and Kalani goes to 6-1 in season openers. Kalani, congratulations to you and the boys on a really nice win. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun, and um, just happy we got the win. Now we got to get better and improve for next week. Hopefully they kept the, uh, the, the plane engine running for you tonight because you were a little later than you thought you'd be to the airport, I think, tonight. Yeah, but, uh, I, I mean, after getting a win, it doesn't really matter. We're, <laughs> we know we're going to be home late, and um, whether it's, you know, 3 in the morning, 2 in the morning, or 5, I think it's uh, all pretty much the same. Hopefully we can sleep on the plane and watch film. We can, we can accomplish a lot on, on the trip. We were talking in the pregame, and uh, we were talking about – an hour and a half before kickoff, and you're like, I'm just so ready to go. I'm so ready to go. And then you had to wait two and a half hours later than you thought you'd be <laughs> for this football game tonight. I know. Well, but, I mean, you know, I, I think in the, in, the, in the end, I was really proud of the way the guys handled all of it. And, um, you know, I, I'm glad the fans were here. I mean, they, they, they showed up again, as always, and just loved them so much. And our, our players appreciate them. And so the, the – um, it was, a, it was a fun environment and love the way our team started and um, obviously some things to fix, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a great attitude about it and and, um, and just keep believing in our guys, man. I, I really like this team. I like the leadership. I just like the camaraderie, the love that they have for each other, and, and, and I just like the way they play the game. They have so much fun doing it. Coach, I'm going to hop right into some X's and O's, and one of the things that was so fun for me to watch today was how many times Coach Roderick and the entire offensive staff and the boys out there executing on the game plan had USF's defense spinning, right? They weren't lined up on time. They weren't getting their assignments called. How do these guys, with all the shifts and the motions and you know mixing in tempo, how do they keep all this stuff straight in practice? Because the other thing is there was no pre-snap penalties. Yeah, and, and you saw we had some um, some moments where we were hard counting, trying to get get, get them the jump. And and um, normally in week one you see those mistakes, but not, not when you have a bunch of veterans. And I say that, but then the veterans were hurt and, or not playing. Puka couldn't go. Obviously, Gunner didn't go today. And, and then you just had guys in there that, that uh, for the, you know, not not a lot of reps, um, but I just love the way they prepared. And so you saw like guys like Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, um, you know, down down Holker, Braden Cosper, um, Terrence Terrence Falls in there. So it's just like a bunch of new bodies, and and I I credit that to the leadership. And you know what it's like, right? When 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 they're responsible and accountable to each other, it just it just matters more. And so a lot of offense went into this game. I mean, we have a lot of offense in in so far. And, uh, we're still scratching the surface on stuff that we can do and give a lot of credit to A-Rod and, and, and his staff. They, they did an amazing job preparing their guys. 
um, and then just all from from top to bottom, I thought it executed really, really well. Um, some of the plays that we made mistakes on were were errors or missed assignments, but nothing um, error from from A Rod or, or his staff. I, I think the players just need to get used to some of the calls and, and get used to some of the looks that we saw from South Florida that we, we didn't think we were going to get. So there's some new things that they did to us that we didn't see or didn't plan on, and that's okay because there wasn't a lot of film to look at. So, Coach, uh, during the weather delay, you, both your your booth staff stayed up here because uh, we know that because they were in the booth right next to us. And I noticed something interesting as we were passing the time is it began to rain really hard. Roderick kind of was chatting with everybody, and then all of a sudden he gets really concentrated on his play sheet and his yellow legal notepad. So I have to ask, was the first play of the game always meant to be that fly sweep to Puka, or did it, was was that uh, part of the genius that was happening during that weather delay? Uh, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't even ask. I, I don't want to know what the play is. I, I, you, I just like the re- you just enjoy the end result. I then, just want to yeah. hear for the first time when I have the headphones on, and I, and I, I don't want to interrupt. The only thing that I said on offense the entire night was, no, we're punting this one on fourth and two at the end of the game. Mm. Right? And that's, um, but I, I, I like the, the I, I like that they know that we want to be aggressive and there's some, some fourth down sh- looks that we probably should have punted. But now nah, I trust my guys. I trust I trust Jaron. I trust A Rod. And I trust the entire offense. And so I, um, I trust our kickoff team too. And that's why I wanted to see them cover and. And probably just uh, I felt like um, maybe I was trying to force it, but uh, you might have heard me in the press conference. But I just wanted the guys to know that I trust them. And and it felt like we had the game under control and I wanted to see them respond. And that's okay if if there's a chance for me to always uh, show them that I believe in them, I'm going to do it. I will tell you this about the first play of the game. The first offensive play in your first six seasons was a pass every time. Today was the first run on the first play of the season, and it went to the house. So keep that in mind next year. Hmm. Well, you just told whoever we're playing first game. <laughs> <we're doing this. laughs> well, they, they, they already knew to expect the pass, right? Uh, yeah. So you, 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 you crossed them up. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back in closing comments with Kalani. We are brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. It is the Larry H. Miller Auto Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. More with Kalani next here on the New Skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Larry H. Miller, Auto Cougar Post Game Coaches Show, brought to you by Larry H. Miller and BYU head coach Kalani Sitake with us on the headset here at Raymond James Stadium, Tampa, Florida, BYU 50 and USF 21. Time for our valuable stat of the game. It is brought to you by Economics Partners. Whether for tax, financial reporting, or strategic purposes, when your business needs a valuation, the right partner is Economics Partners. Learn more at econpartners.com. And on a night where you were missing Gunnar Romney and saw Puka Nakua have to leave the game early, there were 12 different pass catchers tonight in your season opener. 12 receivers for BYU is our valuable stat of the game. The leading receiver for receptions, Kalani, was Cody Epps with four. And for yards, it was Chase Roberts with 41. Nice to know you've got that kind of depth in the wide receiver room. It came in handy tonight as you spread it around. Yeah, and and Fessy has a lot of uh, trust in his receivers. I I mean, it was good to see the guys get back. And and Cody, so Cody Epps and and Braden Cosper have been missing football because of injuries. And so it was nice to see them out there playing, having fun, making, making play. And then 
I, I've always been really impressed with the receivers, the way they block. That's the stuff that springs big runs for us, big plays. Um, and so we, we want our guys to, to do well. But, man, I, I was really pleased with, with how, how Jaron spread the ball out, you know, and, and I, there's one pass that I wish he would have back or two, the one that Keanu dropped and then the one that, um, that obviously threw the pick. But um, for the most part, just the guys played really well. And I, I didn't, from looking from the, the routes that the receivers and the tight ends ran, thought they did a great job catching the ball out of the backfield with the backs. And, and overall, just the, this, it sound, we, see, we see that every day in practice. So to me, it doesn't surprise me, but it, it was nice seeing um, guys that, that uh, are new to the field and been injured get out there and play. Coach, outside of Max's pick six, what was your favorite thing you saw from the defense tonight? Well, I, I can tell you I love the way the corners showed up and tackled, man. I, I, that stuff is really impressive to me. And when you look at the tackles and the, the amount of tackles that our, our corners had, I mean, I'm looking at this now. And um, when you have, you know, Gabe, Judy, Lolly show up and get four tackles, and, and you have Jacob Robinson with four tackles, and you have Jacob Boren with six tackles. You have, I mean, these are DBs, right, our corners. D'Lo with two tackles. These guys showed up and they played well, made great tackles. And, and that's, that's, a, that's one thing that I like from our group. They can cover, but, man, the, the – they're willing to get out there and, and, and be physical, and that, that's going to help us in the, with, a, with our defense be able to rely on our corners big time. We had Connor Pay on the headset a few moments ago. Connor went all the way for you, took every center snap for you tonight. Yeah, yeah, and towards the end, you know, we were like, hey, should we sub the, the offensive guys in? And uh, we just thought that if we just keep the guys safe and, and if we're Jaron on the field, uh, we're going to keep the, the 1-0 line out there. So it, it made more sense for us to just – rely on the run game we're just trying to run the clock out and burn as much clock as we can mcchesney showed up and he can run the ball man yeah um and you know just getting some young tight ends and backs the ball to to make plays and then you know i I was really impressed with them we were just i think for execution and just making sure that sound we wanted to keep jaron on the field and hand the ball off and and same thing connor Snapped the ball great all, all, all night, so we just want to make sure he, he did the same, not make any mistakes. Okay, sounds like Gunner's kind of a week-to-week thing, so we'll kind of see as we get closer to each game how he's going to do. I was really worried about Puka, um, but I don't know. The, the more things went along, it was more, it felt like more like the boot like might have been precautionary, like Mitch said, and he kind of had a smile on his face and he was getting piggybacked. And uh, I don't know. What, what's, your, what's, what's your gut feeling about Puka right now? Yeah, they, they x-rayed him, and, and the x-rays came back negative, and so he's really sore. Um, Sprain? Yeah, and, and I think he's, he's just really sore, so there's nothing that, um, you know, trainer said that, that he could go, and they were going to tape him up and spat him up and have him go, but uh, A-Rod and Fessy thought it would be best. Let, let's just get him better, and why risk any more? Yeah. Uh, we thought we had the game under control. We thought, our, you know, we, we just we just needed him to be safe, and uh, he's a big-time playmaker for us, and so we wanted to just err on the side of caution, right, for, for and safety for our boys, and we need him to get rehabbed, and, and it's important the next 24 hours for him to get ready for ne- next week. And so we we made a decision to do that and hold him out. Did you think you could have been a little cleaner on special teams in the second half? Yeah, we had an offsides play. We had a, a, a late hit um, that that re- had the return extend 15 more yards. We gave up a touchdown on on the um, on the cover team, you know, but. I thought um, looking at Rico, Rico pinned him inside the 20 twice, and, and inside the, I, I think it was 10, did a really good job with it. And, and he's got a strong leg, but he's got that leg, that, that soft leg, that NFL leg that he can he can pinpoint the, the, the kicks. And then um, Jake 
uh, kicked his field goals in the PAT, so can't can't uh, can't complain. Um, obviously, the cover teams we need to improve on, specifically uh, the kickoff uh, cover team. But uh, you know, we we wanted <laughs> we, we it, it was me. I was just trying to tell the guys let's just kick it, let's cover it, and you know. So what we gave up a touchdown. Let's just I trust you guys to do it, and then they returned at midfield and got a 15-yard penalty. It's like crap. Mm. Know, but that's on that's on the head coach. Well, like, even with the delay, I'm sure you guys felt that operationally, with all your coaches back and everyone in their in their places they're used to, things probably felt pretty smooth to you, all things considered. Um, I want to give you one quick uh, one quick coaching tip. You know, I can't really tell you much about coaching, but I can tell you this: when you score a touchdown on your first drive, that's been really good for you. Um, you've won 24 straight games with a touchdown on the opening drive. So it doesn't have to come on the, come on the first play all the time, like mm-hmm. with Puka tonight. But if you just score a touchdown on the first drive, you're good to go, Kalani. Oh, great. We, now, now that's all I'm going to care about next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we didn't score on the first drive. Now what? It's going to be fourth and long. I'm like, let's go for we it. Gotta we got to go. We got to score. Greg said. You know, <laughs> no, no. no that's, that's a good sign. I, I think um, – I, I like our offense. I like our defense. I love our staff. I love our special teams we need to improve on. But, um, you know, I trust A-Rod. I trust him and his staff. They, they, they'll get these guys ready. And they know how to push the veterans. And the veterans know how to lead. There's just a really cool momentum building already for these guys. And uh, they, After the game, you could see in the locker room, they're just, like, visibly upset about certain plays. And that's what I love, man. Well, you don't you – don't, I'll get on the plane, and I guarantee you there's already corrections being made from the players to each other, and that's that's a beautiful thing. All right, Coach. Obviously, Grimey's coming back next week, and Aranda and company. What do you expect from them, and what do you expect from Cougar Nation in the home opener? Yeah, I know Grimey, and I know Mateos, and I know Aranda. Those guys are going to, um, you know, they're going to do what they did last year. They're going to try to pound the ball. we got to stop them. we got to get, get off the field and let the offense score because – when A-Rod and the boys and Jaron and them um, have the ball, they, they can do a lot of things with it. And so uh, we're looking for a, a great environment for the game. And, and um, you know, they're ranked, so it's going to be a lot of fun. But we, we definitely learned a lot from last year's game, and uh, and we hope to improve. We, we, we've, this team's uh, done good when, we, when we, we, we can learn from the year before. That, that's happened in a lot of different games when, against different opponents, and so we're hoping to put that to work in the next week. But... We love those guys, man. Grimey's our guy, and, and so is Mateos. And there's a lot of really good people on on that staff and on that team. But when when they're coming to Provo, so they're coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, it'll be a different beast, and they get they get to say hi to all, all our fans. It's going to be a great home opener. Well, Kalani, the first BYU football game I ever saw in person was the home opener in 1984. I was a BYU freshman in the south end zone bleachers in the stands and Baylor was the opponent so it's coming full circle full circle for me uh next Saturday I look forward to having the Bears back at Lavelle Everett Stadium and to have you and the boys out uh, to to stage a uh, an exciting home opener we're gonna have a lot of fun and they're gonna rely on the fans as always like they did showed up here in Tampa and they'll be there in Provo and I can't wait to to see them go and, and, and give us that advantage. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Kalani, thank you uh, for the long day you spent with us pre into post game. Congratulations again. We look forward to seeing you back home next week. Safe travels tonight. Same to you guys. It was a lot of fun. Go Cougs and, and tell the fans out there. Love them. Thank you for showing up and supporting us and look forward to seeing you guys next week. Thank you, Kalani. All right, BYU head coach Kalani Sitake and the Larry H. Miller Auto Cougar post game coaches show. Coming up next. We'll kick it around for a few more minutes on Cougar Nation Now, brought to you by 
the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition, the BYU Creamery. Have a scoop today. We'll include some BYU Creamery inside scoop trivia for two gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. That's all during our final segment of the show. We call it Cougar Nation Now. You can reach us on Twitter using hashtag BYUCNN. That's hashtag BYUCougarNationNow. Hashtag BYUCNN. You can also just tweet directly at me, at Greg Rubel. We'll see what social media comments are out there, and we'll see what kind of discussion points uh, they uh, spawn. As uh, Riley and Mitch and myself, Greg Rubel, talk about BYU's season opening 50-20 to 20 win, 50-21 to 21 win over the Bulls of South Florida. All right, we'll continue from Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. After this, BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now is coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Have you ever wondered where the Cougs stay before their home football games? That's right, Hyatt Place Provo. At Hyatt Place Hotels, we understand that every trip has a purpose and every stay should be an opportunity to recharge and make the next day more successful than the one before. Just like our Cougars never settle for anything but a win, neither do we. We are the number one hotel on TripAdvisor in Utah Valley. There is a reason the BYU football team stays with us year after year. Come see why. Hyatt Place, where your safety and well-being have always been our top priority. Go Cougs! You've seen those BYU license plates on other cars, but haven't gotten your own yet. Well, it's time to rep the Y on your ride with specialized BYU plates. You don't have to wait until your registration is due. The annual fee counts as a tax-deductible donation to BYU that goes 100% to student scholarships. And if you get them this year, your first year is free. There's no reason to wait. Go to alumni.byu.edu slash plates to get yours today. Tune to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Rubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. We are back at Raymond James Stadium, Tampa, Florida. Yeah, I forgot about the fact we still have that uh, functioning email address. There are people, Riley, that still like the email. It's more characters than a tweet. You can be a little more expansive, you know, and so people still want to use the email. You can do that. We will get that. So the email address is CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. And that Cougar Nation now is one long word. With two ends With two ends at the back end. Cougar Nation now. Cougar Nation Now with two N's. Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. And that will get you into BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. Brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. All right. BYU, want to know. Baylor, want to know. Ranked BYU, ranked Baylor. I presume BYU will be ranked. They entered the AP poll at 25. They won handily. They should keep their ranking. Uh, was Florida unranked against Utah tonight? They were. So they'll jump in. Yep. Right? 
Question, Will, will they displace a team? And I, I really haven't seen. Were there ranked teams who lost today? No, none lost. Couple I mean, Utah, calls. Utah loses, but the other, were there other ranked teams that lost? Uh, right, other than Utah, no, and especially those on the back end. A couple of close calls. Houston was ranked preseason, um, eked out a triple overtime uh, win against UTSA, and NC State was 13, eked out a one-point win, mm. one win against ECU. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't but think. No. Yeah, I, I would think BYU stays in the rankings if you're 25th and you score 50 after leading 38 nothing. But either way, there's a real good chance. Yeah, it's, I, mean, it's, I mean, I I understand why they can't do it with a 12-week regular season, but I wish football, college football would do something similar to college basketball where they don't release the rankings until after yeah. they've played a couple of games. But you can't, you can't do that. So we'll see if it's ranked against ranked next week as BYU plays Baylor. 8-15 mountain time kick at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Mitchell Jurgens has endured the long day along with the rest of us. And, uh, Cincinnati Mitch, lost. So Cincinnati was 23, lost to 19, oh, Arkansas. Well, okay, so, so there's room there. Probably yeah. fall out. So, yeah. so BYU will not leave the rankings despite they're at the back end. So, uh, you know, the best way to, um, you know, BYU's had to work its way in through September's in the past, and now they can hope to uh, maybe maintain a ranking. And certainly a win over Baylor would uh, enthuse Cougar Nation to extreme heights knowing that Oregon would be next up, and Oregon just got destroyed by Georgia today. Now Georgia's Georgia, but still, you don't see normally normally an Oregon team just get worked and tuned up like that. So, hey, but first things first, BYU-Baylor, and you know Grimey and the crew will be ready for what awaits uh, the Bears in Provo next Saturday night. All right, I mentioned Mitchell Jurgens, having gone through this uh, lengthy day with us, has made his way from the field level and the locker room area to the broadcast booth, and... Wow, we're here. It feels like a good three hours already, longer than we thought we'd be. We thought, oh, you know, it's an early-ish game. You know, 2 o'clock pregame, 4 o'clock kick in the Eastern time zone. Uh, no, it turned out to be kind of a regular nighttime kick is what it felt like at the end of it. So after this all has been said and done, Mitch, what kind of grade do you give BYU on opening 1-0? Man, it's it's hard not to give them an A. Just, you know, looking at the scoreboard, first game of the season, you know you're going to run into some uh, things that you've got to fix and tweak. But overall, 50 points on the offense, you know, you're not going to lose a game scoring 50 points. Um, even on the defensive side, 20, uh, 20 21 points, 21 points, yep. um, you win games when you, hold the, when you hold offenses to less than 24 points, right? That was a pillar in the, in the Bronco era that was, that was tracked heavily. Right. And, and, on 20, and on 21 or fewer, uh, they have a tremendous record, and they're actually they, they've won 17 straight games at 21 or fewer, and Kalani's now 36-9. and nine. So that's, that's a win rate of around 80% when just at 21 or fewer. And 21 is manageable, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. So, so from a, a, an over, if you're going to look at this collectively as, as, you know, from a very high level, uh, I'd give them an A. And it was a great, um, great showing for BYU. There's also a lot of, of things that BYU knows that they need to fix. One of the biggest ones being special teams. Um, but, you know, I'm confident BYU in, in the Kalani era has always had really stellar special teams units. And so I don't envision that this would be a hard task for them to um, to get over um, and, and correct some of the, the mistakes that they made on the special teams unit. But um, overall, great, great showing. Um, it was a long day. My feet hurt. But, yeah. uh I'm feeling good. Uh, Ryan on the uh, Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN, says it seemed like USF had a wide receiver get behind BYU's coverage several times. USF couldn't connect every time, but Baylor might be more successful. Uh, Riley and or Mitch, any thoughts on, on that observation? I can think of two, and it was just it was man coverage. 
there was one in the first half. Um, but, I mean, that's a, that's the risk you run when you put guys out on an island. Uh, most of them... And both of the two were from the inside, right? So it wasn't... Yeah. They were safeties. They were or, inside. They yeah. were slot seams. Yep. Yeah. Or safeties or nickels. Yep. Um, I, I can think of one. There was an overthrow in the first quarter that there was one. And then uh, they, the long one that they had, uh, and that one was uh, it was against Kavika Gagne um, that I remember that they actually completed. But, uh, yeah, I know. I mean, th- there was two. He says several. Maybe I'll have to go back and watch the film and do it. I, you can live with two. But I thought for the most part they did a good job keeping in front of them. The seams that they hit were in front of safeties. Bohannon's an experienced and accurate quarterback was able to hit that that uh, seam that seam pocket where Weaver did the majority of his damage. But uh, I, I'm not overly concerned with that. Uh, does your brain even know what what uh, hemisphere you're in or time zone you're in or how's how how are you holding out right now? You were in Europe before you came to Florida. Yep. How you doing there tonight? Well, no, it was good because uh, <laughs> it was a little bit. I could have used a, a little bit of a bigger nap. I took a power nap before we had to leave at 1230 for the thing. But, no, man, this is you got to pay the cost to be the boss. No, <laughs> <laughs> really, you got to pay the cost if you want to do things like call the color commentary for BYU football, man. And it takes sacrifice and and put one of the biggest sacrifices is sleep. But, no, I'm amped. I, I mean, I'll admit it's uh you know 50 point 50 point performance the game's been in hand since the first quarter so a, a little bit of the adrenaline's coming down but i'm still good to go i'm, I'm gonna get a solid two two and a half hours tonight before my flight in the morning i'm pretty excited uh Jarrett webster on hashtag byucnn with uh with uh, with the twitter machine working for him a couple observations from Jarrett. the first one is and i i concur with him on this one i think you'd be hard pressed he says to find a more likable head coach and Kalani in all of college football. I mean, it helps when you're successful, as BYU's been under Kalani, certainly. He's got a good thing going. But uh, I never walk into my pregame locker room conversation with him without feeling good or leaving feeling good. And even after tough losses, um, he's just real and love the way he interacts with us and with the fan base by an extension. And uh, man alive, I just hope that BYU keeps having the kind of success that keeps him at BYU for a long, long time. I know he made the comment, when he was first hired, and kind of tongue-in-cheek, but he'd, he'd love to be the Polynesian Lavelle, you know, and I think that's probably in terms of longevity and success and all those things, but there are some elements of him and Lavelle, while they're not certainly identical personalities, there's, a, there's an innate goodness and good humor and affability and self-deprecation and warmth and love and concern for players and their families that just really comes across in every setting, and so I just want to amen what Jared said about, you know, how likable Kalani is and I'm just so glad that the success has been there because he deserves it and merits it. And the way he leads, there's also a football component to this. The way he leads and the way he projects and the way he recruits, it, it, it brings good people to the program who want to stay. BYU will never be a program where it's going to be this constant slew of portal guys just booking for different opportunities because he is a big part of the reason they want to come here. That's my perception. And then the co- second comment from Jared uh, Jarrett Webster was, coaches will love this game, a win with a lot to show on film to improve. That's the best kind. Uh, he says he looks forward from the week one to week two improvement. So good comments from Jarrett. Uh, maybe your thoughts, guys, on either one of those observations. Mitch. Yeah, j- just with Kalani, I mean, I- I've I've interacted with a lot of players and, uh, you know, on, the, on who's been under the Kalani um, era. And 
I, I've never come across anybody that said they don't like Kalani, right? Um, the players trust him. The players love him. And I hope they caught this on film. Um, after the Max Tooley pick six, when Max was coming back, um, back to the sideline, Kalani was the first one. He was out close to the numbers. And the passion, the energy, the excitement that was just – you know, encompassed Kalani in that moment was incredible. And I'm sure Max will never forget that interaction um, getting greeted after the pick six by Kalani because he was the most hyped person in the entire stadium. And and that's the kind of stuff you love. I, I, I hope it's on film. I'm sure it's somewhere, but um, it was, it was cool to have a front row seat and see that interaction. Uh, but hundred percent agree with all those comments. I'll just say to the second half of the, of the tweet that I, Kalani keeps talking about how experienced this leadership team is and the culture that uh, that he and together with the, the leadership of the players have cultivated. And um, while, yeah, it's great that there are some mistakes that coaches can harp on, the best teams learn and get better from wins equ- just as equally as they do from losses. So it's not requisite that, uh, you know, you make a mistake to have to get better from week to week. You can win, look at the film, and identify things that you did well that you can do better. And uh, if all indications are this team has that character. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson and Mitchell Juergens with you in the Built Bar broadcast booth as BYU defeats South Florida by a final score of 50-21. to 21. We'll take a break. We'll continue on BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. Taking your tweets, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Again, hashtag BYUCNN to get your comments in. You can also tweet directly at me, at Greg Rubel. And if you want to email us, again, there are those who still like that as a, as a tool, as a resource. It's Cougar Nation Now, one long word, Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. More from Tampa next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to Cougar Nation Now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Nation now brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. We had two scoops here, a, a two-and-a-half-hour uh, weather delay uh, taking us into this one. And after it was all said and done, BYU scores 50, wins at 50-21 to 21 over the Bulls of USF. We'll have you the, the inside scoop trivia question coming up at the end of this segment for two-half gallons. Uh, is it two-half gallons? It's two half gallons, not two gallons, right? Two half gallons two of famous gallons. creamery ice cream, yeah. Uh, we'll have that coming up at the end of the segment. Uh, from uh, observation from uh, Stephen Vincent on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN, he says, Today BYU played in Tampa, Utah played in Gainesville, Utah State played in Tuscaloosa. He says, Do you remember another weekend like this where all three Utah schools traveled thousands of miles to roughly the same part of the country? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, and it would only probably happen in the South because it's rare that, uh, I mean, I know most of Utah State's money games, which Alabama was, yeah. are here in the SEC. They're not traveling up, like, north, yeah. right? So, yeah, they'd been, they were all pretty regional. Uh, Utah lost at Florida today. Utah State, what was the final score against 55 Bama? 55 nothing. 55 nothing. did yeah. not score. Okay. Uh, at Chaplain Schumann says, your thoughts on Jacob Conover not getting any snaps despite the big lead. All right. Um I don't. If the game had gone from thirty-eight nothing to fifty-five nothing, I could see possibly that happening. 
I don't know. I felt like there was enough. USF was doing enough that I, I didn't see there was any need. I did. I did. I see. I wasn't surprised that Jaron went all the way. Maybe on the final drive, if they knew what they wanted to do, and it wasn't going to involve Jaron, I could have seen that. But I have no real qualms with uh, with Jaron going all the way. Yeah. Well, and the the. I guess you could say the second group, right? The non-starters or non-kind um, of active contributors in the game. Uh, they were only in on the last drive. Um, it was the last drive. There were all runs. And at that point, I, I don't know if that was just a coach's decision. Look, um, Jaron's got the rhythm. He's, you know, he's obviously got the connection, getting snaps. And yeah. at that point, it was, it was, he was only going to get handoffs anyway. So if it was going to um, happen, it was going to be there if anywhere. Exactly. But I'm not. Uh, BYU had one drive in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, comes out, Jaron throws the pick on the first drive of the second half. Then you have, then Jaron didn't really get much momentum going. I mean, there's also, you got to kind of prime your starter, right? Leave a good taste in his mouth. Uh, Chris pops the big run on the second drive of the third quarter, and then they had that 11-play drive that ended in a field goal, which was which straddled the third and fourth. So all he would have gotten was a four-play you know, drive if it was a four handoff drive in the fourth. So, okay, uh, Jaron did go all the way, twenty five for thirty two, two sixty one through the air, two touchdowns and a pick, uh, passer rating, a pass efficiency rating of one sixty one point one. Blake Shapin, who took the starting job away from Gary Bohannon at Baylor, uh, led Baylor to an easy win over Albany tonight, sixty nine to ten, and Shapin's final numbers. Uh, 17 for 20 for 214 and two touchdowns. What they run for? What they run for though? That's what Kalani mentioned in his interview. Uh, Baylor's rush number? Yeah, I got. Uh, 314. I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, Baylor's rush number was 259. Yeah, 259. They, and they did get their backup quarterback in for seven pass attempts and 100 yards. So BYU ran for three Bills plus uh, tonight. 314. The same number of passing yards that Baylor had tonight. Baylor ran for 259. Uh, do you want to get some trivia? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, you can tweet me, hashtag BYUCNN, with the correct answer. And we're using only the Twitter feed and uh, only the first answer in. Only the first answer in. Uh, before I do that, um, quick email from Bryant, then we'll get to the trivia. Bryant on the email, Nation now at BYU.edu. He says, Chris Brooks is something else. I'm curious on your thoughts about him. Also, how does he compare and contrast to Tyler Algier? He says, um, also wondering if you could tell us the last time BYU scored a touchdown on the first play of their opening drive of the game. I'd have to do a little bit of work on that one. We did get tweeted from BYU about the first time they scored on the first play of the season. But I'll have to have Ralph, Ralph work on the first time they scored a touchdown on the first play of the opening drive of the game. Oh, you know what? Uh, was it not Dax Milne at Houston? Oh, yeah. What, in 2020, the COVID year? Back? No, no, no. So, uh, oh, that one was good. Was that not the first play of the game, or was that was that their first offensive series? It was the first series. I, thought I don't a, know if it was the first, first play. play. Hmm. I thought it was. And sorry, did I we thought t- so, too. Um, in 2020, uh, the Houston game, was it, not, uh, was it not first play of the game? Now I'm generally curious about this. I'm um, going to find out really quick on the Houston game, because I think that would have been it. There was um, also a, was it um, my senior year, Jonah Trineman, uh Taysom Hill to Jonah Trineman on the first West play. Virginia? Or was no, that it Akron? wasn't West Virginia. It was uh, not Akron, Toledo? Toledo. Toledo, yeah. I think that was the first play of the game. Okay. So we don't we don't know if it happened against Houston. Do we think it would have been? Did, did it happen in the Houston game? Um, no, 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 no. 
First offensive play, 78 yards. Okay. Yeah, so I, I think that would be it. Uh, there's your answer. I think it's Houston in 2020. They would have had a touchdown on the first play of the game at Coastal had it not been called back on the hold. Yeah. Neil Powell would take it to the house. Yeah, it was called back on the Isaac Rex hold on the edge. All right. Um, sorry, back to that email. Uh, he says, uh, great call, and thanks for keeping us informed throughout the lightning delay for two-plus hours. Well, yeah, the pleasure was ours. We did a lot of talking today for sure. Uh, maybe thoughts from both you guys on the Tyler Algier, Chris Brooks um, comparison. Um but what jumps out that way? Well, one thing, just being down there and um, seeing just how big he is. I mean, his uh, his legs are tree trunks. His arms are the size of my head. Like he's he is a big guy. Um, and what was and you heard Kalani talk about it too. But um, when both of them, and you saw with that, uh, Tyler when back when he played, people just didn't see him because he was a bruiser, that these guys, that, that he had top-end speed until he started beating secondaries. Mm. And we saw it with Chris Brooks, right? Coming in, you think this guy's just a bruiser. He's a, um, a between-the-tackles kind of guy to get the hard yards. But as soon as he broke loose, I mean, he left that secondary in the dust. And 230 pounds at that speed, that's impressive. And I think, I mean, as far as the comparisons, um, it's, it's pretty obvious that you've just got these big, very physical backs who ran – and they run really, really hard. Um, but when you get them in space, you can't underestimate the speed they have because they can take off. Sample size is still a little too small. I mean, what Tyler did the last couple of years is something that uh, we're so quick to move on to the next. Uh, so, we'll, you know, for comparison, I think, and quite honestly, he only had 13 carries. Like, I need to see more of, uh, of what he can do as a running back. But uh, off to an exciting start for sure. All right, time for our Cougar Nation trivia, our BYU Creamery. Cougar Nation Now trivia brought to you by the BYU Creamery for two half gallons of famous Creamery ice cream. The first correct answer using the hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter will be the winner. And it uh, has to do with BYU and Baylor, next week's home opener. The last time BYU played Baylor in Provo was the home opener of the 1984 season, a game that BYU won 47-13 to and started off their 13, well, was game number two in their 13-0 campaign. Who led BYU in rushing when BYU beat Baylor the last time the Bears played at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Who was BYU's leading rusher when the Cougs beat Baylor in the, in the home opener of 1984? First correct answer, hashtag BYUCNN for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, final segment of the show is our closing segment here from Tampa. BYU 50 and USF BYU Creamery Ice Cream. The last time BYU played Baylor in Provo, home opener 1984. Who led BYU in rushing? I wanted the first correct answer on uh, using hashtag BYUCNN. And, and we do want first and last names here. So uh, we're going to be a bit of a stickler there. And the first person with the correct first and last name answer is R.J. Beard, who, an, who answers Robert Parker. Robert Parker with 131 rushing yards, led BYU on the ground and led BYU past Baylor. And uh, most of his yards on the season came on that in that game. 
Robert Parker, 131 net rushing yards. BYU's leading rusher in the Cougars' win over Baylor back in the home opener of 1984. Final score in that game was 47-13. to It was win number two in BYU's 13-0 national championship campaign. So congratulations to R.J. Beard. I will DM R.J. with details about how to get his hands on the ice cream. And uh, to others who may have had the last name but not the first, we did want the first and last name, and R.J. Beard said Robert I, Parker. I, I can text him, too. So Congrats, R.J. No, There was no inside tra- insider trading going on here. This is legit. Mitch may know the person, but there were no hints given, right? No, right, Mitch? Not, no hints at all. Mitch, please tell me you weren't telling your friends no, about Okay, Absolutely not. Okay, Good, good job, R.J. It's a, it's, it's, it's a legitimate win. So uh, well done. Way to go. All right, and I think that's going to do it uh, for tonight's broadcast. I think we've been on the air long enough. What do you think? Let's get someone yes. on the stats to find out if this is our longest broadcast together as a broadcast team. We were on the air today for Ralph, on that. between when Jason kicked things off with you to where we are right now, nine hours and 46 minutes. That's right. That, that's I don't know that we we've ever gone 10 should we hours. extend this segment so we can get the double digits? No, nah, that's good. <laughs> I don't mind being short of 10 hours today. Uh, yeah, just a standard 10-hour broadcast. So there you go. Oh, by the way, I did mention this with Kalani for a second, but I think it's pretty cool that uh, – that Baylor is in Provo for the first time since my first ever BYU football experience. I came down as a freshman in 1984, got my student season tickets, and the first game I ever got to see of American College of Football was BYU and Baylor in the home opener of 1984. So here we are. Let's come all the way back around. I'll have, a, I'll have a different seat, a higher seat this time. I won't be as close to the field, but I'll be a little, a little more central. I was in the south end zone last time. All right, uh, thanks, folks, for tuning us in the entire day. Our thanks to the crew back at BYU Radio. Our coordinating producer, Terry South, working all kinds of magic to make sure we had enough uh, things to fill our time. Jason Shepard, also a big part of that, is our studio host. Corbin Radford and uh, Logan Gardner uh, doing yeoman's work on the uh, control boards, staying with us as well as we took unscheduled breaks all throughout the day. Our thanks to the management and engineering crew, both there and here. And we had engineers. We had engineers for days here in Tampa. We had Michael Wimmer. We had Barry Squires. We had Clark Jackman. We had our engineering assistant and broadcast assistant, Jared Call, all on the ball today here in Tampa. And uh, who else do we want to say thank you to? Mm, Who am I missing? Oh, of course, our our spotter, uh, Sean Firmage, right? Uh, Ralph Sokolowski and Paul Morrison and Rhett Putnam all gave me statistical help. Ralph back home and my two stats interns, Rhett and Paul, uh, texting me with tidbits. So thanks to those guys back on the uh, on the stats crew. And that leaves, uh, leaves the on-air people, the people with the headsets on at this time of night. And that would be the man to my far left. Riley Nelson. And the man to my near left. Mitchell Jurgens. And my name is Greg Rubel, thanking you all for tuning us in. A quick note about the BYU women's soccer going underway. It's on the BYU radio app as well right now. They're in the 79th minute, and BYU leads Cal State Northridge 3 nothing on goals by Brecken Mozingo, Bella Felino, and Sierra Pennock. Jason Shepard and Rachel Manning-Jorgensen taking you into the night on the pitch over at Southfield as BYU looks to get a win on the week. All right, so for all those folks I just mentioned, uh, did I miss anybody? I think I missed anybody. I got Barry in, I got Clark, I got Michael, I got Jared, I, got, I think I got everybody. All right, that's going to do it. My name is Greg Grubel saying, in the meantime, and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Tampa, Florida. <laughs>